listening to the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by Asahi Superdry, the official beer of the Rugby World Cup. I'm Gethin Jones, a rather croaky Welshman after the weekend, but I'm glad to say my three guests are as cool as cucumber in Francois Lowe, Tana Marga, and Philippa Tetchit, who's been on TV more than Jamie Roberts during the past couple of weeks. I have, have yeah, it's been amazing. Oh, it's been fantastic to be here and to follow Wales. Sadly, the journey has come to an end. All good things must come to an end. Don't Unless start on a low. Don't start on a low, Philippa. I was pretty gutted on Saturday yeah. night. I could probably tell I'm probably shouting a bit too much after the game. Maybe we'll get to that in a bit. I feel like we should start with... I mean, let's face it, it's been a really average weekend of rugby, isn't it, Francois? <laughs> Really disappointed. Well, that didn't well, build up to anything. I think we were very privileged to witness two of the most awesome World Cup games we've seen well, ever. I think. Yeah. I mean, those so two. Wales, Argentina, and the um, England. Feature Look, I'm not discounting those games. <laughs> Brilliant rugby. Um, everyone's got their story, but I mean, to have the battles that we saw at Stade de France, um, sort of ABs, Ireland. I mean, the game to start with was like 35 plus phases. Mm. And to end with like 35, 40 phases, like just relentless, relentless rugby. Obviously, the following day, very nice victory for the Springboks. So I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, but I mean, that's sad in a way that we lose, lose the host nation. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. There was a bit of that around the place, wasn't there? How are you feeling this morning? You're like, we're in Marseille now. You're in Paris last <laughs> night. You've done well to get here. I thought you'd pull out, to be honest. I thought, I thought you were going to say, why am I wearing my shades? <laughs> <laughs> I think we know why that is. <laughs> Quick little drop in this morning on the train. Yeah. To Marseille. Um, it's to have you. You look well. You look so well. You say, are you a little bit older or younger than Johnny Sexton? I was trying to work out. You... I think we were about, about right, right on top of yeah. each other, yeah. yeah. You couldn't carry on, though, could you? No, look, I think all good things must come to an end and... Um, that was my time. Sorry, I wasn't referencing at that. I wasn't referencing at Johnny. Um, you know, credit to him. What a wonderful career he's had and super sad for Ireland. Um, you know, we've all been there. 2011, we lost in the quarterfinals mm. in, in down in New Zealand in the World Cup, which was, you know, heartbreaking for us as a team. You know, I've been there. I know what that's like. You know, 2015, we also lost in the semifinals against, against New Zealand in England. Got knocked out on that and it's... You work so hard over those those four years building up to this particular mm. moment and everything rests like it literally comes down to a moment in the game. You know, in these two two matches we saw toss of a coin really. Mm. What's it what's it that like as a player, Tana, and as a coach, you know, those moments you work so hard, you know, pinnacle of your career and then that's it. Such yeah, small margins. That's right. And um, as Francois said, I've, I've tasted that as well, you know, being uh, going home after so much expectation, so much preparation and a whole nation behind you to, to thinking that uh, and willing you to, to get to the end and, and, you know, be able to hold up that, that trophy at the end and then you come a step short well, two steps short if you lose in the semi-final, like I've done twice. So in '99, when we lost to France, obviously that was a bit of a shock. You know, we'd we'd beaten France earlier that year by 50 points, mm. and then all of a sudden the semi uh, they crept up on us. And you know, as you know, with France, you can't count them out at any stage. And um, I think we made the mistake of counting them out at half time because Jonah would jumped on the back of Big Jonah and he'd, he'd demolished them by himself really. And then uh, we forgot to jump off. And do our and do our bit for ourselves, um, you know. And we got the result we got. What what was it like that that yeah, night after after that? Is a New Zealand yeah, very sombre, I must yeah. say. I think there was a lot of us wearing sunglasses, you know, <laughs> in the evening, yeah. um, just to hide our our, our eyes from uh, red with tears more than anything. Um, but it was tough, and then trying to go, you know, going home, the feeling, the general feeling of, of you know, a whole population when you're arriving and, and failing them, you know, that whole sense of failure was 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 huge, and there was a lot of pressure, and obviously, you know, the coaching staff that takes the brunt of it really, and um, you, you feel you feel for them because obviously you're the ones that are on there on the field. Now, you know, you flipped the script, and now when you're in that coaching seat, you know, you can't understand it. Jeez, yeah. You know, we we have a say from Monday to Friday, but then on Saturday, sometimes it, you're left to the, they're left to their own devices, yeah. and hopefully you've done enough. You know, and there wasn't a lot of expectation on the All Blacks coming into this yeah, game. It's been not oh, much chatter, oh, especially after the I French know. game, the first game, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and and that's even at home. I don't think even the public at home gave this uh, Ian Foster led team any hope of making it past this stage. And, you know, a lot of things have happened back home and I feel for, well, there's a lot of us that felt for Ian Foster and the way that obviously not coming back next year, 
Um, being yeah, he told. already knows he's he already going. He knows yeah. he's not got it, Kill which it, is, yeah. you know, for some, uh, I think, is a, is a step that we really haven't taken back home. It's not something that we normally do. So now he's got to this stage. You see everyone's trying to clamber back onto uh, the, the bandwagon that is, oh, yeah, we always knew Fozzie would get us there. <laughs> and, you know, obviously he's got a lot of good people around him. But I, I just, um, I think I just had a thought around for him, you know, what he's been through. Because yeah. Obviously, we love our our national team as as do, does everyone, and the, you know they like to have a say about it. And sometimes it's not you know the kindest words that they use for for our coaches. And I, he he went through a lot, and I you know I I really feel for uh, for him and and his family that went through that. But now I, I think he's kind of sitting on the other side, and you know the, the vision he probably had for his team and the players obviously getting up for him. Um, they even came out and said that you know we're supporting our coach and. You know, before the World Cup, and now you know you saw that performance. You know, if they didn't support him, they wouldn't have played the way they played. It does go a bit far sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's, yeah. it's a game. I mean, we know that. We know exactly yeah, that in, in Wales. Wales. It's Wales, unbelievable. Right. Everyone's an yeah. expert. Yeah. Even my mum's texting me, telling them what to do with the <laughs> defensive line. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, the passion, the yeah. love for it. Yeah, yeah, it is. I know we saw that with Wayne Pivak, obviously mm. being axed, you know, quite close to a World Cup. And then good old Gatlin coming back in. I mean, we gave him gates to the Principality <laughs> Stadium. There are gates with his We're name on it, you know. He's got his own gate. So, yeah, and you know what, though? I think that was a big part of the Welsh journey and how he managed to turn it around because the fans support Gatlin mm. and believe in Gatlin. And as much as you've got to win the dressing room in Wales you have to win the fans yeah, as well. Yeah. And he already had that. So he had that, you know, that little start. Mm. Uh, on the pods, I, 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 every week I, I was asking people for their predictions. No one has been right ever. Yeah. Uh, you must have been asked oh, to start God. the tournament. Yeah. Did you get anything yeah. right? You know what? I actually said France to win the World Cup. So that's done. Oh, uh, okay. That's done already. Jamie Roberts said Australia. So he, that's, did. Oh, he, got, he, got yeah. he did. He got He did. Yeah. No, but that's one of the great things about this World Cup, isn't it? You kind of don't want to be able to predict, yeah. and we haven't. Everyone's been made to look silly at some point with yeah. a crazy prediction. Yeah. yeah. Why? What's the difference? It's a point. Uh, you know, France, South Africa, the New Zealand game with Ireland is so close. What? What? What is it? In World Cups, it's just key moments. You know, if you look back at the games, um, we were talking about the Welsh Argentinian game. They started with Hassan Aurora, and I think if they scored again and they had good field position and then they couldn't win a line out or Piper had done his hamstring stretches yeah. <laughs> before the game well that's yeah. right yeah. You know. changing ref was a big thing too. Um, yeah key moments and then obviously um, in uh, the All Black game the you know defending those phases mm. uh, and attacking those you know for so long mm. being disciplined you know that was Pretty unheard of, yeah. you know, especially in the World Cup at the moment with the amount of interventions referees are having and the bunkers having in, in, in games these days. Mm. Cheslin Colby. I was going to no. reference you know? that. I mean, yeah. I oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. The, the charge uh, down uh, of the, the charge conversion. Down of the yeah. conversion. Which would have been the difference. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Game-changing moment. Game moment. You know, England the same. You know, those, that game was so close, yet they were able to lock it down, you know, when it mattered. And it just comes down to key moments. And that's... You know what the you know everyone goes in with rankings and standings, but in the end it doesn't really matter. It's those that can manage those key moments um, and create them. And it's you know like a Cheslin Cobb, he probably just got told you know how many times have you told a winger to go out and yeah. try and chase it down the winger goes. Oh, I have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never works. Yeah. He goes, no, I've we'll done that every. Yeah. But you know, again, you know, he just no, I want to do this for you know. Again, that's. The, the but, why did, but why did the Southern Hemisphere seem to do it way more than the Northern Hemisphere? I think because I've been questions you out. just can't answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Why is it always... We were saying last week thinking it could be, you know, Northern Hemisphere galore, semi-finals. <laughs> we heard all about it. Yeah, I know. We heard all about well, it. If you look at the way the pools finished, I mean, it was both New Zealand, mm. um, you know, South Africa, and we've got Argentina all finished second in their pools. And they've, yeah. You know, yeah. which, you know, going over the last two World Cups we've had, you've kind of seen that it's not always this clean path mm. all the way to the final. It's just being able to just take that opportunity when it comes your way and, you know, back to those key moments and just relentlessly pushing and trying to just squeeze out that little slight difference that, that puts your head at the right time. Preparation key key as well. I mean, mm. yeah. South Africa is well documented that they had, what, like PA systems into the ground before... Um, the French games to sort of get used to the hostile environment. I've kind of heard about that before, but trying what is that? Just trying to. Yeah, I, I think I think all teams will try and 
you know, get that slightest tiny little bit of advantage yeah. somehow, you know, eke out those one percenters and whether it's recreating or reenacting big big occasions so, you know, so players don't get spooked when it does come their way. Um, you know, I think it's a, a process and a technique we all use as players as visualising. And, and anything like that, 2019 in the build-up? Anything to remember that um, did? Because he's a bit out there, isn't he? Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't have. Um, no, we didn't have PA systems in the, uh, at the training ground. Play but a bit uh, of Beyonce as you walked out. <laughs> well, that's your favourite pre-match game. Don't like that's, that. That's a, that's that's a good one to start with. No, no not really. No, after, well, 2019, he, he took us out there about 10 days before anyone else arrives. You know, so we were the first team to arrive in Japan. Fortunately, the last team to leave as well. But we spent a lot of time there, like really immersed ourselves in Japan. You know, I don't know how it came about, but we played that sort of pre-tournament fixture against Japan because we had a we had something on our back that we had to get off um, a bit of a hoodoo because mm. you know we've only played in Japan once and mm. we lost that one yeah. um, and they're awesome they they nailed us we were they just dominated us that day down in Brighton and you know how much <laughs> how much thought and he put into this but I mean guess who we get in, in the quarterfinals mm. and you think you know a quarterfinal playoff game the emotion there's always massive yeah. doesn't right. matter who you play. There's no poor team in a playoff game. Anything yeah. can happen. We play with the oval ball. I suppose in, to a certain point, replicate uh, a potential scenario, get everyone settled into the Japanese culture, um, get into your groove. Maybe that was something he did that worked for us, I think. Yeah, it's whatever you can do. Uh, one of those teams that, that did everything they could do as well as Ireland, mm -hmm. Philippa, unbeaten oh, yeah. 17, world number one. They yeah. really, it felt a bit like England 2003, really. They'd beaten mm -hmm. everyone they needed to. And here we are. How will Ireland be remembered? How will this team be remembered in history? Mm. How about that for a big journalistic yeah. question for you? I know, yeah. I mean, I just feel for them, you know, going into that that whole never got past the quarterfinal and then this happens. But, you know, you have to say that the, the draw and the, you know, the teams they're playing out in this quarterfinal is very different to previous quarterfinals. And you know what? I actually thought that um, Johnny Sexton spoke really well after the game, seeing as initially when the whistle blew, you saw him, he was having some words with some players. He does maybe just got it off his chest. But then afterwards, you know, he talked about being so proud of the team and being so proud of the achievement and what they'd done and the journey that they'd come on. So I think that, you know, the, the, the core rugby fans will still rank this team as one of the best that Ireland have ever had, regardless of the fact that they've gone out in the quarterfinals because, you know, the, the team, the game, um, you know, it could have been the World Cup final. We would have been happy with that. You know, it was an incredible game. So it's difficult. And I even wonder, you know how it's um, come out now in, in, in the stats that actually if a team holds on to a ball for multi-phase, after about 10 phases, the chances of them scoring goes down. Mm. Whereas in the 2019 World Cup, the trend was actually eventually you'll break down the mm. defence, you'll find a gap and you'll score. Wow. And I just wonder, with the longevity of their run of wins, is there a point where it's actually not a good thing? Yeah. You know, like, you know, we're going to the semi-finals now. There's only one team that have won every game, and that's England. Mm. All the main teams have lost that game. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, whether that almost went against Ireland in a bizarre... A bit like goal-kicking, isn't it? You know, if yes. you've not missed in 50, <laughs> yeah. you're going to miss at some point. Yeah, and when it just gets closer happen? and closer, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel for the Irish fans, but, you know, they they threw everything out there. And they can more. be, they can hold their head high. Every week, when I've seen a South African... Francois, I've asked them whether they're willing to tell us what uh, Eben Etzbeth's nickname is. Are you willing to go there? I can't do that. He can't do it. <laughs> he won't do it. And I, I know it, but I can't say it because I'm just worried I'll get beaten up. Do you know his nickname, Tana? Do you know it? No. It? Oh. Okay. Can you just tell me how great a rugby player is? More specifically, he really stood up against France, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's a stalwart for us. You know, I think all, all teams have an enforcer. You know, someone that really brings that physicality and, you know, that role's changed so much over the years and, you know, those players are becoming more and more dynamic, you know, not just a big bruiser, but, you know, someone who really plays good rugby. I think he's had to sort of develop his game over time. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a tough bloke and he came out charging when he first um, you know, came onto the international scene and, you know, to contain that aggression, you know, and angle it to a to a point that's more effective for what the team does. I think he's done he's done an amazing job in that. And, you know, his his influence in last night's victory, I think, was immense. Mm. Um, a bit of everything as well. Obviously, unfortunate. A bit of everything. Yeah, got, even got Sinbin there, yeah. um, you know, but that's, you know, that's the way the game is. And it's, you know, it was a fair call, but there was yeah. clearly no malice in that. I mean, he did have technically have one knee on the ground and still managed to 
go hit on his. <laughs> yeah. He's a really big bloke. What happens when you're eight foot seven? Exactly. So um, here come some of his fans now. Hello. Yeah, here they come. Someone's um, just walked into Philip Saint Andre's back garden. <laughs> But I think yeah, I think for us for us to have someone like him uh, in the mix who can carry, defend, uh, be a lineout option. Um, he's got a bit of pace on him as well. He has, hasn't um, he? If he does get going, that galloping is man he? gets galloping. Yeah. Biggest he goes, um, <laughs> and I think he's going to be vital in the next couple of games. You know, you spoke about the big moments earlier, but there's also big players within a team, and there's certain players and members that need to fire for the rest of the guys to. To channel, you know, you got those those game changers, um, and he's he's one of those guys that can can make that real difference. French maybe would have gone into it as favourites just because of the home mm. advantage, but they were stunned by the Springboks, weren't they? I thought the South Africans played their tactics in the first half. We talked about it. I thought their kicking game, kicking on the front foot, where the French couldn't really get settled to you know to contest for the ball. You know, they got three from kicks, you know, three tries from kicks in that first half where I thought the the French had um, developed their whole game, you know, in terms of their tries. You know, they worked hard for their tries and then they gave up quite, you know, their ones quite simply and I think that's what kept them in. And then the way that they they made those tactical changes, early changes, I was surprised the way, you know, Khaleesi came off so early. Um, mm. But again, you know, that just goes to show the, the confidence that, you know, the, the coaches have and all the players that they have on that bench. And is it for either the loose forward that jumps into hooker so at the end? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That got know. really confusing. Yeah. But, you know, like having that versatility in this team and to be able to do that. And then you've got all these fetches on the ground yeah. who, you know, like well, Francois know better than me that, you know, if they are chasing the game, they got threats to get over the ball mm. who are very strong. And they did, you know, Quagga Smith got that, got that really team. important one. Um, he does And miss. they just changed the way they, you know, that's their whole strategy. They he doesn't miss a gym up. day, that boy, does he? No. Nah. Smith, does he? Oh, my God. Strong, snake day, strong farm boy. No. Yeah. Is it a strong fight? Like, they're ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. It was, it was. And, and to actually manage the storm from the French the first few yeah. minutes, mm -hmm. that was probably one of the most impressive parts of the performance. Uh, to have such a high-scoring game, you know, so early on, I, I couldn't believe it. That was, that was my one thing when I was texting my mate. I was like, it's half-time and there's been six tries. Yeah. What is going yeah, yeah. on? <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. But yeah, just the sustained pressure, I think, from South Africa. And, you know, they would say that South Africa played in a way that wasn't just the power game, like mm. it was reflected in the bench, but equally that scrum. That was the power game, yeah. and that's all they needed. Yeah. And then when you saw um, Jalaba really skew that kick, yeah. you felt, oh, hold on a minute now, they're feeling the pressure. Mm. They're feeling the pressure. That you know? happens in Wellington all the time, by the way. <laughs> and Connacht, doesn't it? Yeah. Kick going backwards. Exactly. Yeah. What was your nickname? Well, my nickname's Flo. Flo, what was your nickname? Flo. Did you have a... T. T, yeah. It's pretty simple. What did you have one? Go on. Hollywood. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, I can see no, that now. No, no, the no, slip no, back no. here. <laughs> Looking at my little rose no. after the game. Oh, see? See, I can't lie because everyone would just be like, you didn't really say it. No, I did like one uh, reality TV show. So that was it. Oh, then I was, yeah, I was Hollywood. Yeah. It's still better than yeah. Eben Etzebeth's nickname, which we yeah. will never find out on this pod. <laughs> 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 Not from this panel. Not from this panel, no. Waking up as a, a Welshman the day after their game or waking up as an Irishman the day after their game, it feels like Wales admit that they missed an opportunity. Yeah, Ireland yeah, didn't leave anything yeah. out there. Yeah. That must be quite weird as a player. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the worst. You know, if you lose to the better team and you know you've thrown everything at them, it's still hard. Of course mm. it's hard. But it's easier to take when you know the opportunity was there. I mean, I wonder if they'll even review the game, whether Gatlin would be like, no, it's done. You know, go home, boys, see the family. And we'll, you know, we'll meet again in a few months because there are so many moments in that game. Mm. And it would just eat away at you um, to think me. about them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. But then we've also got to remind ourselves, you know, from the Welsh side of things, you know, we were a team that came fifth in the Six Nations, you know, a, a team that lost to Georgia in the autumn. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're through to a quarterfinal. Ooh. You know, that that's really impressive, a very, very short turnaround. And you kind of think, well, yeah, you know, for a team to have progressed so much, you know, what it, it's like when you, you get those processes, you get that skill set, but when it's fresh, 
you dip every now and again because it hasn't been embedded you were in yet. the court final we could have won it. I know I know I know alright enough enough about me and <laughs> enough about you um, let's talk about how uh, just whilst we're on Ireland there actually Gibson Park low New Zealanders Aki has an amazing game any one of those three you regret losing from the system back in the day as a, an all black I tend to regret losing all of them to be honest um, but I suppose you can also say they've They've etched out a, you know, a great career for themselves, you know, being able to play international rugby. And you know, these are some of the decisions. Um, I'm fortunate to be quite close to Bundy and uh, had a bit to do with him, you know, growing up. And, you know, from where he was to where he is now, I, I think that's it's a great story, you know, to see where he is and how much he's achieved for him and his family. You'd have to say that he's probably the the premier midfielder at the at this tournament. Mm. He's been unbelievable. You know, he he wasn't probably their starting mid in no. their starting midfield coming into this tournament, but he obviously, you know, as I said, the premier. He's got some good players that he is keeping behind him, but he's he's a competitor and he knows what he wants. And he's you know obviously leaving um, his hometown and committing to Ireland um, took a big risk, but it's something that you know he does. You know, and uh, it's it's turned out well for him. You know, and we can't be you know more prouder of him as New Zealanders and obviously for. He's through and through. You know, you talk to him. He's he's an Irishman. You know, that's how he sees himself. And uh, again, you know, that's great. He, he loves Connacht, and I've been to Connacht. And you know, it probably wasn't wouldn't be high on my favourite places to go <laughs> to play rugby. It's you a know, bit windy there, isn't it? A little bit a windy. Wet. I was at that game where um, <laughs> Felipe Contemporani played for Toulon, and he kicked it through the post, and it came back. Yeah, out. Right. <laughs> back through the same way. So I that. yeah, no, I, and obviously I'm from Wellington, and I've been through a bit of wind in my time. Um, <laughs> but that, that, yeah, and, but that is something I've never seen before in my life. And uh, <laughs> he says, "No, it's improved, Tony. It's improved." Yeah. I said, "Oh, she's got a so. stand now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, but and he loves it, and he, they love him down there. So mm. that, you know, I think it also goes to show that he's. You know, he integrates himself well into a community and they've, they've taken him in with open arms. And hey, um, No one yeah. knows this better than you at the moment. You've spent a bit of time with, with Manu Samoa mm. during the World Cup. You've now taken on a new role, Manu Pacifica. How do you see different nationalities together? We've seen it with Tonga. We saw how good Manu were against mm. England. A few all blacks there on the Samoan side and, 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 and Tonga. Is this something we're going to see a bit more of? Well, no? I hope so. I hope so. I... I I think, you know, in terms of, you know, what we're seeing now, there's a lot of Pacific Islanders plying their trade overseas, mm. you know, different countries, um, which is great for them. Uh, you know, again, uh, we're all here because of rugby and we, we, we get to live a pretty pretty good life doing what we're doing. Um, but from where we've started from, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, it, it's a stark contrast to, you know, to there and... Um, this game's been great for me personally and for my family and what it can do for you. And, you know, for us to be able to give back to this next generation or the next people like, you know, like like Bundy has done um, is something that, you know, we've got to be thankful for. But understand, you know, we've always got to pay it back and, you know, help these other players grow to not just only, you know, help the teams that they play in, but help them themselves to grow into this game and learn from it and, and you know, take the benefits that this, this this game as a whole can give you. I still live the dream of, you know, playing rugby and my wife still doesn't understand that this is my job but because <laughs> she just can't, because you know, I, I enjoy going to work every day. She's um, over there having a cocktail though, overlooking oh, Yeah, well, that's right. No, She's starting to get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she didn't do too long for you, but maybe not Wellington. A bit yeah. windy, apparently. Yeah, well, that's right. And um, the development of the Pacific Islands, as we see, you know, a lot of our players that have taken opportunities, you know, of our people overseas, they live there now. Mm. Uh, we talked about Francois's young son living in, in Bath, yeah. whether he's going to be wearing a... <laughs> we know what Dad wants. Oh, uh, interesting. You know? what's, but, what's this conversation? You know, and, you, know you see Manu Tuilangi and, you know, yeah. they've lived there. My brother's son, Jacob's played for England, Yeah, you know, and... Right up until he was a teenager, he was Samoa in New Zealand, Samoa in New Zealand, and then all of a sudden, he's I'm English, Dad, you know, and you know that did. Um, when he told me, I was, like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Even though you've been born there and lived there all your life, Dude. he's still English. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing. That's great. It's opportunity. You know, it's opportunity, and it's probably that's you know, what our parents did when they were young. You know, they left Samoa and 
you know, looking for a bit of opportunities for their children. Let's get back to the family domestic and the low family. <laughs> so semi-final, South Africa, England. What are you saying? You can have like, it's going to be... It's very, it's, very, it's very green at he? home. It's very green at home. He is, he's six years old. Oh, man, he's, boy, he's an England fan now. <laughs> hang he on, Gethin, hang on. He is, isn't he? <laughs> hang on. He lives in England. Yeah. We... Uh, very grateful for what England has given us. He's going to be a brilliant athlete and rugby player. He's going to be a very good South African rugby player. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken the bait, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Go on tangents, which is always a lovely thing to be able to do on the pods, just to finish up on the quarterfinals then. New Zealand, Philippa, you come in with this as well. They uh, they had gone under the radar a little mm. bit. Mm. Are they now your favourites? You mentioned France were. That's difficult. I know it's difficult. Um, this is, these are difficult these times. These are difficult, yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, no. I oh. think I'm I'm leading more to South Africa from what mm. I saw. This is, is uh, this to do with the shades and the fact he looks <laughs> like a Freeman's catalog map in a model today? And you know, no, no, it, sure. You know what? Um, I mean, obviously, both are incredible. Uh, but I just really like the way that South Africa changed their game plan second half. You know, played that more pragmatic style to be able to play that free flowing rugby in the first half, then tighten it up kick the ball, uh, go for the kicks. Yeah. I just think <clears throat> that could, I don't know. It could not, but I... It's great though, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. But New Zealand now it's have amazing. a chance because they realise that Sam Kane isn't a shit Richie McCall. <laughs> he had a hell of a game. What, he, he was incredible. Yeah. He was amazing, wasn't he? Was He's been amazing. quiet and then bosh. Yeah. yeah. That amazing That's a game Peter Mahoney so. reference. Was a bit yeah. of banter on the pitch. Yeah, I think so. I think there was, there was a good motivation. There was a lot of motivation for that game, obviously. Yeah. Being counted out so early in the in the competition... Um, given no chance to progress, you know there was a lot to play for, and I think, you know, once you know their backs against the wall, it was great to show that they had the the, the middle to come out swinging, and um, you know, it'd be interesting. I and you know, I think you can't discount the the Joe Schmidt factor that he's brought to yes. the, you know, the team. Yeah. And, you know, I know Joe's been very you know in previous. Um, Games, he's, you know, he didn't want to get involved when uh, with when Ireland were touring New Zealand, so he made sure he came in afterwards. Just, and, but you know, this is the first time he's probably been a part of the team when when they actually play Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can see, you know, his influence on the on the team as well. You know, yeah. the change of tactics midweek. You know, I, I think their defensive screen was was awesome, but it was different to what they've done before. You know, so they're definitely. They've been know, watching. He is a master yeah, of the oh, game, they, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone watches more rugby than than him. <laughs> You know, Is it, isn't it? I don't know. I'd, it. I'd compete with that, I reckon. I watch a lot of rugby. <laughs> kind of. What's it like playing in someone like that, uh, France? When those sort of last 10 minutes and you're defending and you're hanging on in, you don't want to be the one... Because you would have been looking for a little turnover. No, you could be the hero or the villain, couldn't yeah. you? No, exactly. So that was kind of my, my area at the end of my career because I, I came off the bench the last, yeah. the last season. And So was that bomb squad? You, I thought you had to be a front row player to be bomb squad, wasn't it? <laughs> Well, I wasn't in the front row, obviously, but no, uh, I know. Yeah, but it's, I was just like a. Did you collective... feel like part of? The, do they make you feel part of the bomb squad? Listen, no? I felt very much a part of the bomb squad. Good. Okay, <laughs> I just check in. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was like a little buzzword that we used, you know, just to kind of build a bit of uh, spirit around it. You know, you're not the bench, you're not the replacements. We've got to make the difference. But like you're saying, the last ten minutes, the amount of times I came onto the field, and it was like either hang on to for dear life with a tiny lead or we need to get like five points, do everything you can to throw the kitchen sink at it. We've got to try and make a difference here. But it's funny how you, you know, you play an 80-minute game. In hindsight, you look back and you think, oh, that was a key moment. Oh, we could have done that. But it always comes down to the last 10 minutes. Everyone remembers the last 10 minutes. Oh, you know, he missed that or he, they won it there, they did that. And it's, and you feel the, the, the pressure because it's, you know, it's like, flashing in your face the scoreboard's there the clock's ticking down you're feeling the you know the fans on you and you're like got to do this we got to do this and then you suppose you hope that you fall back on your calmness a calm state and just focus on you know what you've been preparing to do and fall back onto strategy and it was never my game um but some guys thrive on the thrive on that and they put a little bit of magic out the bag do something ridiculously how exceptional do you, how do you how like <laughs> that's what i found fascinating you watch the last bit of Fiji game you can even they were about oh I don't want to be the one that takes that risk yeah. you know in defence or attack is that what we're talking about the, the four years of prep is about is being in those you can't practice to be in those moments can you yeah you've got two ways of thinking you know? you're like one I don't want to stuff up so you just 
do nothing. Yeah. You know, and I thought I, would I think we saw a bit of that. Yeah. That would be me. <laughs> you know? Give it to someone else. Yeah, so that, that you know, yeah. fight or flight response, I think, eh? And then yeah. and I think we saw a bit of that in the in the quarterfinals in terms of, you know, both England and Fiji, you know, like I'll have a little crack but not too far because yeah. I, I don't want to get isolated and I don't want to turn the ball yeah. over. Ah. You know, and um stress him out talking. Yeah. Like. But I, I I just think that's probably the the difference of levels too, you know. I, I think understanding I like watching the game last South Africa and France. You know, they understand, like, there was four minutes left when they were doing a few little carries here close. And then, oh, well, four, four minutes is a long time to try and close out a game. And then, you know, Faf chucks up a, yeah. you know, a, 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 another, another bomb. Which is the right decision because penalty there and Ramos yeah, kicks exactly, six game you know, over, right? and that's But that's smart. Mm. You know, he knows the game. He understands that, well, we can't play here. This is not the game to be played in this part of the field. Yeah. Let's back our defence, you know, and then let's put it on them. And then, you know, it goes to them, well, shucks, do we play from here? Mm. You know, and uh, and they did, you know, and, and then they got isolated, you know, and then that's uh, the thing. So you they know. would have talked about that, this is all about the prep, right? Francis? Yeah. This would have been... Yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, you, you again, I say you, you visualise and you try and recreate all these scenarios of training and how we're going to face that and, you know, what do we do if we've got a yellow card... Uh, in the forwards, what do we do when we got um, five minutes left to play? We got a, we got a mm. tiny lead. How are we going to play? Do you panic, change your strategy? Do you hold on to the ball for four minutes? Impossible. That just doesn't happen. Or, mm. or the Ireland and New Zealand just did that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. by that game, yeah. it's just being smart and mm. and and leaning on the right people at the right time. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> well, that's the thing that that sport, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? But you look yeah. to your big play, X. Captain yourself, Philippa, people would have been looking at you on the pitch for those decisions. It's the leaders. Is that what experience is? Is that why we always talk about having experience in your side? Yeah, because then the more that you can be through those situations, the more to a certain extent it doesn't phase you as much. It still phases you, but not to the point where maybe you look like it. And just sometimes being calm when everything is maybe falling apart or you're up against it. If you can just be there like, okay, no, no, no cheering, no mm. hollering, no, just this is okay. That can filter through the team to think, okay, yeah, this is okay. And you know, like sometimes you talk about the hero moments. Now, I remember some players doing that and I'd speak to them after the game. Oh my God, you went for that turnover, but you know, you, you'd given a poor picture to the referee all game and yet you, you knew the right time to go for it. And they'll actually turn around and go, I didn't think. You know, that zone mm. that some players can get into and it's incredible how some players do it, but they don't actually realise some of the good things they've done in the game until the review after. And I go, oh, right, yeah, no, I do. Because they were so just in the flow in the wow. zone of the game. Johnny Wilkinson talks about flow all the time, mm. you know, just completely forgetting about everything else. He's still it, in it, isn't he? He's very much still in that karma zone, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an incredible way, but you can only ever get to that point through a ridiculous amount of training Frankly, and experience yeah. and a ridiculous amount of games mm. and you don't realize when you even get to it you ever face a hacker like yes a couple of yes. times 2014 world cup amazing yeah. amazing but you know what i mean <laughs> one of the worst things in that game uh, so we're all in the changing rooms and you get the programs you know so uh, we sat down and i thought i'll have a little look through the program i just have a little look on my my opposition player because you know 2014 we didn't play tours I, I really didn't know too much about the New Zealand team oh my god so she's six foot one 85 kilos and my opposite number and I was like oh god put that away we don't need to see that I mean everyone lies on the program anyway everyone's a couple of kilos heavier but she was uh but yeah amazing experience uh, I feel so lucky uh, to have you know to to have faced that. Uh, did it absolutely. fire up or, or make? Oh, it complete fire up. Did it? Complete fire up. I mean, you're feeling buzzing that you're in a World Cup, full stop. But then New Zealand, uh, and yeah, just I felt like a real privilege. I wanted to, you know, some people go up against it and they 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 want to block it. They want to be like almost to a point where they're like, how dare you get to do this? Mm. Like I'm gonna, you know, they get that real edge type of thing about it. But I was like, no, I want to embrace this. Yeah. Like I never know if I'm gonna see this again. Yeah, I want to feel and see every single moment of it. So I was beady-eyed. I didn't go to stare anyone out. Some people pick a player and they just focus on them. No, I just want to look around. I want to see every moment, feel every moment. For me, it was like, wow, what a privilege. And here we go. Well, it turns out you're going to see it again now because Tanner's yeah. very kindly said. No. Um, <laughs> but it might have been uh, your the version that you brought in. 2014, was that? 2014. Would that have been the version... 
You brought him. Is the hacker we're watching now with New Zealand the one? The couple of pangos, yeah. Yeah, the U. 2005. 2005, so it's before that. How come, what, why did that come in? Why is it different? What happened? Um, it's just part of um, the group that we had. Uh, there was a bit of question mark around the haka at that stage because we'd been performing it for so long. And, um, you know, we were doing it, but we didn't really have a great understanding of it. And we weren't, I don't think, you know, we weren't doing it with the amount of passion that it deserved and, you know, the actual respect that it deserved. You know, we were doing it because everyone before us had done it. And, you know, there was some point there we had a discussion around, well, do we need because actually we just want to get out there and play now you know and everyone expected it of us so you know it kind of is it the same does it have the same effect as it, as, as it has you know in the past so we we did question it as a group um then we talked about actually do we need to actually have a better understanding of why we do it and obviously you know we we have um different ethnicities uh within our group you know we're our origins and you know, so me being Samoan, you know, how does that connect to me? You know, this this haka, I know I'm from New Zealand, I was born there. Um, but how does that connect to, you know, my lineage or my ancestry? And so, you know, for me, I got a great learning from, we we, we brought in a, um, an elder and who, you know, a komato who talked to us and taught us about, well, do I have people buried in New Zealand, you know, in, in the land and all um we we all you see us stomp our feet on the ground that's us waking up our ancestors to give us strength and we drive derive all our strength through the earth and i once i met that and then you know all those bloodlines are interwoven woven in you know in the ground you know of Aotearoa where we're from and that really connected with me because oh that's how we're connected you know that's how i connect to the haka that's how i connect to you know New Zealand, Aotearoa, and uh, I like that, you know, that, that kind of what binds us together. Wow. So having a big learning around that and how I'm connected to the haka personally. And then we also wanted to, well, can we do something different where, you know, we're adding to the legacy of the All Blacks, you know, um, we're all part of, you know, international teams, but when we're always, everyone talks about legacy, you know, how can we leave this jersey in a better place and, you know, for the next people coming through. So... Then we started talking about, oh, you know, should we add another haka? And oh, I'm, I'm a, you know, that started a whole different discussion. And it took us a while to get that through because there was a lot of young players, you know, just like us, you know, who were coming in for the first time and they were questioning whether, well, who am I to change the legacy of the All Blacks? I've only yeah. been here five minutes. Yeah. We really wanted to get it done before the 2005 British and Irish Lions tour. Um, but we needed everyone on board and we were going through this transformation in terms of our leadership around, you know, everyone gets a say, no matter what, if you've been there five minutes, 50 years, you know. So, you know, these young guys took us, took a while for them to come around and understand what we were trying to do. And, you know, uh, we weren't changing, we were actually adding to the legacy, yeah. you know, because they sit side by Both side, Kamate and, and Kapunga, ka, Kapopango. Um, and then we finally got it before we played South Africa and Dunedin. In, um, in 2005, and that was the first time we pulled it out. And then, you know, when we decided to get it. a big, big old story, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then, you know, it wasn't until the Thursday prior to the Saturday game that we actually got sign-off from the players, the young players. Oh, yeah, okay, we're, we're we'll behind it. it. How often did you practice it that week? We'd been practicing it since the British and Irish Lions, you know, So, but we couldn't do it because... Well, every day? Every training session? Oh, once every, a week probably, a week, eh, yeah. you know, and making sure we got it down, but... Um, just ticking away at it. Um, and then, um, you know, but then once we performed it, you know, once we decided it, I remember said to them, well, if we do it, we better bloody win because it will be the last time we'll be able to do it, again, you know, and we're very <laughs> That's close. That's true, yeah, put know? pressure on it, yeah. You know, it, was, it was a tough game and, you know, we, we were, you know, we, we just got through by the skin of our teeth in that game, but I think that was something that uh, kind of has grown in terms wow. of, yeah, now... I think what it has done is just our association with um, um, Māori Tanga back in New Zealand and understand all our teams have got their own specific huckers yeah, now, yeah, you yeah. know, so we aren't the same. Even though we, we play for New Zealand and we come under the All Black banner, we are different. You know, we have different identities, you know. Our, our, our women's team have different, our sevens teams, both both sides are all different. Age groups are different because they have, you know, they are different. We're different identities filled with different people with different um, mindsets in, in that area. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's, it's, been great. it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just theatre in, in, in all it that is. I was just thinking about that 2005 side. I have to check my facts here, but I'm pretty sure you're 19 out of 22 that year. It was some side, wasn't it? Mm. And then you mentioned the Lions as well. Still, people still mention the Lions to you? The words, oh, Brian O'Driscoll. Not so much and, the Lions. Just, no, just Brian, Brian O'Driscoll. Brian, yeah. 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 <laughs> that, is that a different word depending where you go around the world? <laughs> yeah. oh, I think we're... I'm pretty tight with the Irish now, actually. So, you know, some good friends Not for this here. this weekend, and, um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> some good, Still some good good banter and, you know... Um, so I find I keep in contact with with Brian now and then, and you know he was a bit worried when uh, when the Samoan team were playing uh, Ireland just before the lead up at the World Cup. I was making sure that we didn't hurt anyone, you know, coming in. But <laughs> South Africa could be facing the hacker in a few weeks' time. Is that how you see this going? I think you've got to be careful not to get ahead of us. Come on, just come on. <laughs> you want me to say it's going to be an All Black Springbok final? Mm. I can't say that. Do you feel like it will be? Um, I hope it will be. Yeah, okay. Because I think it'll be... Is your head uh, saying that? Your heart? Was it's going to be 95 in Paris to me. I mean, that's mm. the World Cup that I grew up with as a young boy. That's what put rugby properly on the map for me. We've got to be careful. This happened a few years ago when teams get too ahead of themselves. We need to be composed. We've got to get through England. England haven't been on form. Do you think you'll get through England? I think we will. <laughs> but we still have to do the job. <laughs> So, you want it's me to, so, it's you, because, well, you're the current world champion, aren't you? I mean, you're probably still quite close to it in that sense. You probably still think about it with that that mindset, right? You, um, you still have that trophy. You still have that medal. Yeah, um, we still got the trophy. Still got the medal, um, which is obviously a huge mm. privilege and honour. Um, but I think you've got to be careful of these little traps, and I think these semi-finals can be a trap. Playoff games the mindset changes you know there's there's just you got you do have one eye on the trophy but you got to keep composed and realize right now we need to go through our routine this week it's a short turnaround six day turnaround um straight into semi-finals playing against blokes that want it pretty much as much as you do you know looking back at 2019 sorry not 2019 2015 we made that mistake in our in our in our pool matches. You know, we'd already started trying to work out your pathway to the final, the semi-final, and not disrespecting Japan, but thinking, well, you know, they've, they've never really come on our radar. We should get our points in this. We should just cruise through our pool. That is the absolute wrong mindset to have. You know, you got to get straight back onto it. Like, look, we're here to work. We've got to work get your recovery. Yeah. And now we've got to start working on what's next. England is on our way. That's the team that's stopping us from achieving glory once again. Um, so all focus will be on that. I remember when in 2003 we, we played South Africa in the quarterfinal and again it was a monster game, it took a lot out of us and then the following week, you know, we lost against Australia in the semi. You know, and again, we didn't have the same feeling coming out of that game as we did going into, you know, um, the South African game because wow. it's just so much physically, obviously, when we play South Africa, so much physically it takes out of you, but then the emotion of... You know, what, the, what we've been talking about was really great, but then the toll it takes on the players and the staff, you know, to, you know, what would Get they be doing here. today? You know, they'd, they'd be now going back over the game and, mm. you know, have to go through it all again. Yeah. Helps haven't done it before, mind. Oh, yeah, that, it that, does. That makes exactly. a difference. Um, you're going to love this in a minute. I'm going to ask you predictions, Francois, so we'll have a little think about how you can get out of that one for me. Okay. Um, but before we do that, Camp High 15, it's something we've been doing on the uh, official uh, podcast throughout the World Cup. This is where we ask you um, a favourite player, someone you hated playing against, <laughs> liked having a beer with after um, the culture of rugby. Uh, quite difficult to pin it down to one, I know that. Yeah. But go on, Philippa, do you want to start us off? Um, Who would make your camp high 15? It's quite a few that I didn't like playing against that I thought were a certain type of person. And then, you you know, yeah, you just realise everyone's a chef for the love of the game, aren't they? Uh, but I say one person who was completely different to what I thought she would be would be Maggie Alfonsi. Because right. she played flanker, I played wing. Last person I ever wanted to tackle, and she always used to find me. Uh, she's incredibly gnarly, and she's just a very quiet person. Which obviously, when you when you don't like someone, you just think they're arrogant and whatever. But actually, she is just 
quite a reserved person in herself, but the most softly spoken, lovely, genuine, whenever you see her, well, first, you know, how are you? How is your family? Very grounded. Uh, so, yeah, complete contrast to an incredibly gnarly player on the field who would, you know, she was she was above her time as well in regards to her conditioning, you know. Um, so, yeah, she was a complete contrast. So she had that switch when she went on oh, the Oh, she yeah. had that switch. You hear that a lot, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, big time. She had that switch. That Any red good stories been on you know? uh, the source of uh, Maybe a had a little, or, a little yeah. vino once or twice. Not for this yeah. podcast. Uh, no, vino, no, a little no. vino. Let's have a posh of you. <laughs> Let's go for a little glass of red, Maggie, shall we? A rouge. <laughs> wow, <laughs> totally yeah. Yeah, A little rouge, maybe. A rose after the game. <laughs> Lovely. Well, Antonio, you've got a few. You two. I have got a few. Are you going to narrow this down? A few that I didn't like playing against. Um, <laughs> Percy Montgomery, you know. I, um, Ex-Newport fullback. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's obviously he's... I think we were just jealous because he was so good looking and he yeah. kept himself in an impeccable manner. Um, Faf seems to have taken on his yeah, mantle of the uh, um, long blonde. But off block. the field, you know, when we went out with him, he was totally different. He's good, good, good form. There's a group of them, him, Robbie Fleck and Bobby Skinstead, you know, they looked after us really well. Always... Andrew Merton says Robbie Fleck was an absolute, quote, dickhead on the pitch. <laughs> on the pitch. Oh, but top man off it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just. Yeah, good fun. So what happens then, right? You go for a beer and you think, do you say to him, why are you such a dickhead on the pitch? Do you have a, do you have that conversation? No, well, he wasn't really a dickhead. Just because he was, like I said, he was just too good looking. You know, yeah. like I said, there's a lot of jealousy. We just stand like, well, how do you get like that? I don't know. How does he keep himself like that? So where you think, does he tackle anyone? Do you ask or? him that? Like, uh, oh, no, no. We'd what's your nice regime? Kind of thing. What's your regime? <laughs> Imagine telling Margo on the face with Percy Montgomery going, what do you use? Is it um, when I had face cream? Or? <laughs> Not that kind of chat. No, That'd be a bit no. weird. No, but it, he, again, they looked after us really well. We were in Cape Town quite a few times, so, you know, we we a good friend. And actually, I remember they started the tents in Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they called us up and you know, we were more than happy to come down, you know, and enjoy their uh, hospitality there a few times. It was awesome. Mm. Yeah. All well behaved? Yeah, very well, as glass, always. Glass of red, like the yeah. girls here? Or? Oh, you know, <laughs> I think the hardest we went was, you know, maybe fizzy water or something. Of course, you know, athletes. <laughs> Absolute athletes. <laughs> Come on in, Campo 15. Cheers in Japanese. We're doing this in association with Asahi. Finish with a good one, Francois. What you got? As a back row, you kind of match yourself up against the other back rows. You know, you don't always necessarily have direct battles against one another, but you, at the end of the game, you're like, I've played that bloke, or yeah, I've played me, and then you feel a little bit bad. You know, so I had those battles, but I think what it comes down to is a back row. Argentinian. Juan Fernando Lobe, he's also quite a good-looking bloke, by the way. <laughs> and um, I just hair. always thought, like, you know, this guy's good player for them, tough player. Kind of maybe that annoyed me because he was quite good for Argentina. And whenever we played against Argentina, especially away, absolute treated like royalty by the Argentinian players afterwards. He would take the lead as captain. We played a game down in, um, I think, down in Salta uh, a few years ago, post-game. We won the game. They're still good. They're still the whole team. They want, they want to take us out. They want to take all the Springboks out. And we're like, amazing, you know, we'll be ready sort of 9.30. Like, no, no, no. Meet us at the club at quarter to 12. Like, what, at night, you know. <laughs> what are we, you know, just the, 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 how late they go out. So, you know, they take us out into the desert. It's about a 45-minute drive. We're in taxis. We're like, where are we going? thinking maybe at someone's house, you know, they've organized a little private party for us. And as we're driving, the cars are just starting to become parked up alongside the road and they're just lining up, lining up. Eventually we go to the super club in the desert, probably about 3,000 people there. Full VIP experience with uh, the Argentinian team. And, you know, we couldn't have been treated better. Uh, my respect for, for Juan is, is right out there. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give too much details on where the night ended or where the morning ended, but it was... Uh, you're a wonderful wearing, experience. You're wearing your shades the next day, shall we say? I was wearing my shades. That'd have been it. <laughs> on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I had the rugby stories, and you're not expecting to be in that situation at the end, are they? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think, um, I don't want to embarrass you, Tana, but you'd been my Campo 15. Uh, 1999, New Zealand, Autumn Internationals. Uh, I think you were playing, you must have been playing England in Old Trafford, mm. and they were looking for someone, a team to hit on the, on the Wednesday before. I was playing for Broughton Park, like a sale development side, boys come down, 
all of us boys wearing all the clothes that we had, all the training gear to look bigger. <laughs> and I ended up marking, it was Kelleher, wasn't it? And yeah. Justin Marshall, Spencer. Um, Centre would have been... There's uh, um, Daryl Gibson. Gibson. and Lama. Yeramir uh, wasn't there. Yeah, Yeramir. And then yeah. you had Cullen and Jeff Wilson. Yeah. And Lomu. Oh and my sort of, I'm just lining up in the midfield. And that's just me. I've got to defend properly. I showed Tana the outside. Not surprisingly, he took it. Uh, but the point was, after that, what amazed us all, what, what amazed us all was how nice, like the time you spent, the, the enjoyment you had of the culture of, of of being in the north of England. It was it was just brilliant. Because I still remember that. It was 24 years ago. Mm. Do you remember that, Tana? Do you remember me showing you that side? Sorry. As no, a highlight no. in your rugby career? <laughs> I must have made you look so good that day. Probably is what got me selected. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been a difference in 99. Yeah, exactly. um, that's my camp by 15. Anyway, all right, awesome. before we finish up, predictions. Who's going to win the World Cup, Philabat? South Africa. Oh, New Zealand. So you've got, you've got one all. It's probably how it's going to stay as I ask you for your prediction, Fence. When you sit, I can't see a fence. Well, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me just think about this one a little bit. Sit, do you want to <laughs> sit on the wall? Do you want to... <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna obviously back South Africa. Yeah. Uh, but I genuinely do believe that they, they can do it again. Um, a lot has to happen, um, you know, for that eventuality to, to come about. I think they've got it in them. I've got it in them. I think there's a desire to, to make it back to back. I think it's, it's super exciting that both South Africa and New Zealand are fighting for a fourth. The first team to do that mm. um, would be awesome. Mm. They are gonna do it. But it'd be an all right game if it is a. South Africa, New Zealand. Wouldn't be bad, would it? Semi finals wouldn't yeah, be bad either. Might would they? put that in the diary. Make sure I watch that one. <laughs> but you already start having the doubt now. Yeah. You know, you think England can compete with yeah. South Africa next week. You never know with yeah. Argentina, no form whatsoever, but they have beaten mm. the All Blacks. You know? mm. It's mm. been a brilliant World Cup, hasn't it? It's been amazing. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So far, so good. Still plenty to go. I'm just swiping flies left, right, and centre. As one gets into my nice cold Asahi Superdrive, which is uh, the official sponsor of the official Rugby World Cup. Thanks for listening. Please leave a comment, and we shall see you for semi finals next week. Mm.